listening to Irish Illustrated Insider. It's Thursday, November 5th. Tim Parisa with Tim O'Malley and Pete Sampson from The Athletic. And we got a ball game this Saturday, 7.30 Saturday night, Notre Dame Stadium. Boy, you sure wish you could have a full house to, to really experience it all and to have a full uh, full media crew there as full well. Full press box. Yeah, <laughs> that would be good too, but we won't we won't have that opportunity. And so it's it's number four Notre Dame, number one Clemson. Notre Dame still, I believe, a five and a half point underdog. The over under Tim keeps going down, which I think is a which is probably the better play of those two. But like we've we've analyzed this, we've talked about, it. we've asked Brian Kelly questions about how you're going to approach things offensively. It was my question to him today, and then a follow up question along those lines, and it was basically like, why are you guys asking me whether we're going to to run the football and try to possess the football because that's what we do this year. And I get that. Uh, but, you know, you ask questions, so you get a quote, and then you use that quote to make a story. And uh, he helped make a story for us here this morning, but uh, this afternoon. But um, I don't know. I You know, as the game gets closer, certainly uh, the questions in our podcast on Monday after my column on Sunday was, uh, you know, why even bother playing the game? But as I've studied Clemson this week, I you know, I really think, and I've said it several times, they're they're vulnerable. And I really think that if Ian Book plays a really, really well-played football game for Notre Dame and everything else falls into place, I think they have a chance. I think they have a decent chance of winning this game this weekend. Would you rather have a full house and a full Clemson depth chart or the current circumstance? Yeah, it, it's – look, if you, we talked about this so much. Let's say we talked about this uh, in May – and I said, I think Notre Dame's going to win. And he said, why would you say that? I said, well, they're, what you don't know is they're going to not have Trevor Lawrence, Justin Ross, <laughs> and the middle three players of their defense. <laughs> and you go, oh, well, that makes a little bit of sense now, yeah. right? But yeah. that, you know, that, is a, uh, that has brought them back, obviously, in terms of important, developed talent level that will play in the game and be ready to play in a game of this magnitude. It doesn't, you, know, you, don't, you don't line up all the stars because all the stars don't play. Right insert joke here for Notre Dame well, fans listening. Yeah, but, well, but. Pete, to, to answer your question, Pete, yeah, I would rather have a full house and I would rather have a full complement of Clemson players so we we got the best of the best. Having said that, uh, that's not what the situation is. I mean, I'm talking about on the field. And so I think we have a question in second segment about, you know, how this will be viewed. Look, it is what it is. And, and injuries are part of the game. The COVID thing is a different piece of the formula that nobody wants involved, especially when it pertains to, to Trevor Lawrence, but it is part of 2020. And while all the, while most of the Clemson players had COVID in June, either Trevor Lawrence didn't, or he's got it again after the 90 day, whatever the, the period of time that, that most people suspect you can get again, but he's not available and it is what it is. It's a big opportunity for Notre Dame and, and, However they go about accomplishing that, that's the only thing that really matters at this point. I think that injuries are definitely part of the game, but Lawrence moves the needle. You know, nobody can list all the players that were missing in the Fiesta Bowl for Notre Dame when they got beaten down by Ohio State. But if all those guys played and Deshaun Kaiser was missing, everybody would say Deshaun Kaiser didn't play in that game. Right. So it does make sense. I mean, he's the best player in the country. He's the number one pick. He's a generational quarterback. <laughs> they happen to have a really good backup. And that – makes it a little different and everybody knows they have a really good backup. It's not like, you know, Hey, this Ian book guy is pretty good in 2018. It's, Oh yeah, this five-star looks like he could play. Let me ask this question, starting with you, Pete, how do you feel about the game 
72 hours after we sat down and, and talked about it on Monday. Any differently? A lot different. A lot different. When we get to predictions, I'll, sh- I'll tell you how different I feel about it. But, yeah, no, it's, I've, I definitely have um, changed – Changed my opinion on this game. Um, and I think it probably it has way more to do with Clemson than it does Notre Dame. Um, I, I think Clemson is – it's this is like diet Clemson on Saturday night. Like they have some really great players, but to lose your, the best defensive lineman in the game uh, um, and then your two inside linebackers against a team that wants to run the ball up the middle the whole time like that's a big friggin' deal. So yeah, I, I feel differently now than I did on Monday when we recorded. Tim, how do you, how about you? 72 I don't hours feel later. I don't feel any differently other than I feel, I guess a little stronger in it. I was, I was pick I picked Notre Dame uh, in the preseason. I probably would not have if Trevor Lawrence were playing um, after not playing next week. Does that make sense? You know, I, yeah, I, no, I, I know what you're I would have tweaked that pick, um, but I wasn't, I haven't changed since then. I, I'm, <laughs> Travis Etienne's a, uh, I'm a, I'm a little concerned that they're going to use him properly, which sounds funny. <laughs> they don't use Travis Etienne enough sometimes. And I think this game is going to go on his back and it's going to be interesting to see how he responds because I look back and it's been a long time since he's had more than 20 carries. His sophomore year, he had a 27 carry game. That's his high. It looked like they needed it against Syracuse in a game that was closer than it should have been. Um, I, I figure he's going to get 25 touches, which running backs don't get often and Clemson running backs really don't get, but the drop off between Travis Etienne and his backups compared to what it used to be is astronomical. And I was on a phone call uh, with someone at radio near Clemson today. He said, Lynn J Dixon, who we used to look at as a nine yards per carry guy as a backup is a walking drive killer was the quote. So something has happened <laughs> to the backup I, running backs. I, watching film of him, I, I'm, I'm just, he's not that impressive. And I don't know if it's an injury or what, but I mean, to your point, Pete, I agree with what you're saying. Tyler Davis, I mean, starting with Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence, Tyler Davis, Mike Jones, who I think is good, uh, and, and James Skalski, who's their, their leading tackler. But in addition to that, Isaiah Simmons, Muse, Wallace, Terrell, Higgins, Ross. I think you start adding up all the other pieces that aren't a part of Clemson anymore and were so prominent in the previous two years. Now you're looking at, you know, I mean, not that they – not that they, uh, you know, they haven't replaced those guys with guys that can play, but we're talking about, we're talking about high level performers. And I just named about seven or eight guys from last year's defense. So yeah, my perspective is very different than it was in the aftermath of the, the Georgia tech game. And um, a lot of it has to do with Clemson, but, but a portion of it has to do with Notre Dame and their identity and the moment that they're faced with here and Brian Kelly playing a number one team in the nation with the new Notre Dame team since 2016. And I realized 2018 against Clemson, that game went to hell, but I will always contend that it was closer than 30 to three Notre Dame, just the inability to, to move the football through the air took away their running game too. And it, it, it got out of hand at a certain point. I think we're too close. Yeah, Go ahead. Yeah, I'm, no, I was just going to say, like, I'm not any more confident in Notre Dame today than I was last week. Um, so, 
Notre Dame is, I think Notre Dame to win is still going to have to do some things that it has not done all year, particularly in the past game. But I just think the door is much more open for that to actually occur than it has been. Um, and I, I it, it's a game you mentioned the over under. I think it's a game that I, I have a much easier time seeing it being played in the twenties now than I did earlier. Um, in no way is Notre Dame's offense any better today than it was a week ago or probably two weeks ago. But I, um, I just feel like Clemson's weaknesses and like, I mean, you think about how they, <laughs> when they, they lost uh, Mike Jones Jr. Um, last week, like they sort of replaced them by playing nickel. Well, that doesn't work against Notre Dame. Like, that's a terrible personnel situation against Notre Dame. So I just don't, I, I feel like Clemson's defense is set up to be hit over the head 52 times with the run game on Saturday night. And that's exactly what Notre Dame would have to do to win the game. Even if Notre, even if Clemson was at full strength, but they're not. And they, so now Notre Dame should have more success doing that. So remember on Monday when I said, I think that Notre Dame has a better chance to run a football against Clemson than they did Pittsburgh. You, you, you know where I'm coming from there. Yes. Um, yeah. And I mean, they have to, they have to be better. Not in a, they, they can't, it can't just be like a Pittsburgh box score either, which was like a, if you look at it more closely, it was a good rushing performance. Like it needs to be obviously a good running performance, if not a great running performance. I think one way of looking at it is with all of Notre Dame's writers in the world apparently going to be picking Notre Dame, which is unfortunate. <laughs> we're all wrong. Um, Las Vegas also looks at it differently, though, too, because two weeks ago it was 14.5, and that seemed like a huge spread, and now it's 5.5 or 6.5. And, it's, and not, no, it's not eight points for Trevor Lawrence. It's everything right. else that's going and on. And that hasn't changed. The only thing that's changed is over-under. And, and I certainly can understand why, why that has dropped, because it, you know <laughs> – I mean, it still comes down to Notre Dame's offensive uh, offense, as you said, Pete. It still comes down to the passing game, and you have to have you have to have confidence in the fact that that Ian Book is going to rise up in this situation and play one of his better games. And it's very difficult. It's very difficult to to do that. To to imagine him doing that. It's been a while. I mean, well, I can imagine it. I'm just not sure I would predict it. Yeah, I kind of feel like you – know, what was the expression I was using earlier in the week? I, 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 I think Notre Dame can win. I just don't believe it. I, I guess it is is about where I am right now and trending more towards believing it. Just because – I mean, I, you know, I'm not a big believer in a, their due. I mean, hell, everybody's due at some point. And you can lose 50 games in a row to a team. Being due doesn't mean that you're going to win the football game. But I – but – psychologically and emotionally where Notre Dame is playing a number one team at home. I think they're in a, I think they're, they continue to trend in a better direction toward a situation like that, in my opinion. What about emotionally compared to Monday? Emotionally with their head coach, you felt, I thought he was, I thought he was a completely different person today. (laughs) Did you not? Did you, didn't you think that that was a different, that was a different, person emotionally than what 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 we got on Monday where he was I know I'm getting a lot of pushback on this but I don't care I've been to every Brian Kelly press conference in 11 years I think I have a, I think I can read his emotions and, and where he's at I just thought Monday 
I'm going to drop it after this. But that, that was just the raw, that was the wrong frame of mind. Something was not right on Monday. Today, that was Brian Kelly in the right frame of mind for a Thursday before a game against the number one team in the country. He's always different on Thursdays than the Mondays or Tuesdays. Well, so I'm not true. sure. I read, I, and, that's why I, I would sort of dismiss this. This is probably not someone to spend time on, I guess. It's probably the best. That's okay. the best way I can put it. I dropped it. My, a, but a Monday, but a Monday, you would agree that uh, on that Monday press conference, although. No, it didn't Mondays feel good. Thurs- no. Bad look. Thurs- it was a bad look on Monday. Okay. So I think as a, as a press corps in general, we all generally agreed with that, correct? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. We'll drop it at that. We'll end segment one. We've got a million questions in segment two coming back, burning up the boards. Indiana Dunes Tourism, located between Chicago and South Bend in northwest Indiana, is a proud supporter of Irish Illustrated. Extend your Notre Dame visit with a trip to the nation's newest national park. Visit indianadunes.com. Segment two, burning up the boards. We begin with a question from Rex Hampton 8. Any chance Dabo Sweeney bluffed and Trevor Lawrence could show up and play? I, I would not be uh, playing mind games during a pandemic, so I'm going to say no. <laughs> I, think that, uh, I don't think he would have called him out. if he. I think if you were playing mind games, you'd say, well, guess what? Day four out of uh, day four out of quarantine is game day, or day three out of quarantine is game day. So I don't think he'll play, but we are bringing him with us. That is a mind game. This is not a mind game. He's no, playing. it's not. I mean, the question is, could he show up and play? He's going to show up. He's coming with the team. Right. Uh, but he will not play. It would appear Can- Game two out of, I mean, day two out of quarantine. So there's no chance you can play if you just trace it back. I mean, well, you're not going to make it. You're not going to make a definitive statement after the game last Saturday and then play them. It's just not going to happen. Pin and poll one. If Notre Dame wins, what Notre Dame player not named Ian Book will we be talking about on Sunday? I'm going to step out here. I'm going to, I'm going to throw a name out that. I'm not going to throw a strange name out. I'm going to throw two K's out. Uh, Kyle Hamilton one-on-one several times against Travis Atn on screen passes and swing passes in the flat and Kyron Williams going for over 105 yards or over hundred yards and a touchdown and quality rush efficiency. Cause I don't think any, I don't think there's going to be some brand new star emerging in this one. Uh, Jordan Johnson. Oh wait, I'm <laughs> kidding. I'd say it would be a combination of, I'll be off the grid a little bit, kind of like a, a Drew White, Bo Bauer combination pick. Um, where the the Mike linebacker has elevated his play to the point that ETN between the tackles doesn't turn into a real thing. Um, and also Bauer in particular on third and whatever, you know, maybe tracking down Uyunga uh, Lele on a scramble or something like that. So I'd, I'd say the Mike linebacker really elevates his play if Notre Dame wins. Yeah, I, you know, I, I'm looking more on the offensive side, but the, the meeting of Hamilton and ETN, I mean, the, the, the meeting of the future millionaires, uh, yeah. mm-hmm. one trying to avoid the tackle of, a, of another. I think it's Avery Davis. I, I, I think that there's some matchup issues there that Clemson can have, that you can give Clemson some problems with, mainly because I think McKinley and Skronik are going to have difficulty, you know, getting open to your question today, Pete, with Brian Kelly about wide receivers. But I think, I think Avery Davis is a is a could be a matchup issue, especially with young linebackers. They'll probably there'll probably be some you know safety matchups with him as well to contend with his speed. But I think Avery Davis makes makes a play or two that is significant to Notre Dame's offense. 
M. Conlon, 12, along with another from Kay Beasley. You guys have mentioned the Notre Dame offensive line needs to be the best unit on the field to beat Clemson. How would you rank the other position group matchups and their impact on Notre Dame pulling out this win? And we'll follow up with what matchups can Notre Dame expose in order to win? Kate? I think that, you know, Notre Dame's tight ends against Clemson's linebackers is a matchup Notre Dame has to win. Um, I'm not sure I would have pointed that one out as my first choice a week ago, but, you know, Skalski's out and they're replacing two linebackers there. So that's kind of interesting to me. There's no Isaiah Simmons either. So that would be, I mean, that would be one beyond that. I, you know, I mentioned the, the interior run game defense would be probably my second choice. So, I mean, those are sort of the same, same matchups, like in the box matchups, Notre Dame needs to win overwhelmingly the, the matchups in the box. Yeah, I think I think it's a good point about the tight ends, and I really I really think that Venables will try to will try to take Michael Mayer away, which opens things up for Tommy Tremble, I believe. And I think the key guy missing from Clemson at that point is Mike Jones Jr. because he he is so active, he can rush the passer. He's really good in pass coverage. Um, so I think you know Tremble and Avery Davis are the guys where I think the Nordame can get you know some matchup issues working in their favor. Now how Skoranek and, and McKinley match up against their corners who are good, not great, who showed some vulnerability against BC. That's a key matchup. If McKinley and Skoranek can win, win a couple battles, that's a difference maker in a game like this. It's a cup. It's a key one, but like it's a couple battles, right? The defensive line is number two. Ian book is number two, a or two B behind the offensive line. Like I, I think Notre Dame can get through this game with winning two outside matchups at their wide receivers and, Everybody else is crucial the whole time. I mean, like Notre Dame's secondary has to win its match. <laughs> well, you yeah, and, can't lose I mean, that. You, you can't lose the defensive line. You know, that's it. I think there's they could the one thing you get by is not having tremendous wide receiver play. You have to have timely wide receiver play. Is how I, I think that's a good way of putting it. And then, you know, Amari uh, Amari Rogers has really emerged from the shadows of Higgins and, and Ross and become, you know, become there to interesting. You know, people talk about the makeup of Notre Dame's pass catchers, which is started to go toward the receive the wide receivers a little bit more but Clemson's top two receivers are a slot guy and Amari Rogers and a, and a running back in yeah, the running back averages 15 yards a catch yeah that's yeah insane. which is an which is an amazing number for a running back judge Arthur Vandalay what do you make of Clemson's offensive line it was said on a previous podcast that, that they're a better pass blocking unit than Notre Dame's line however Clemson ranks 55th nationally in rushing yards per game, even with ETN. Is it simply a unit that is better in pass protection than run blocking? Can Notre Dame stop the run and can Notre Dame pressure Uyangalele without blitzing? I don't think that they're going to get much pressure on Uyangalele without blitzing. Um, Notre Dame does not blitz a whole lot. You know, Notre Dame does not have one-on-one pass rushers the way that it has the last few years. I am most interested to see how Notre Dame's defensive tackles hold up in this game. I think that we, we probably are not thinking enough about the really bad offensive lines Notre Dame has played so far this year. Um, so even if Clemson is not um, a facsimile of Notre Dame, it's way better than anything else that Notre Dame has yeah, seen. I think that's a good point. Um, and on, on the number of 55th nationally, I, now, I, I do think the pass blocking is way better than the run blocking, but just talking to Anna, uh, their backup linemen, and remember they're ahead a lot in games, so their backup linemen do come in, are 
absolutely hideous and they can't gain a, a yard when that happens so that will right, hurt really. your fifth national yeah. ranking but she i mean it is it is kind of accepted that like wow the pass blocking is way better than we thought it would be and the run blocking is the issue we thought it would be with four new linemen yeah i want to clarify on monday that i said i thought their their offensive line was underrated i was i really had pass protection in mind yeah. because i really love the way they pass protect they're really good at that uh, but there is a shortcoming in the run blocking, which ETN closes the gap there for them. But but maybe some of the backup running backs, like you were talking about, Tim, aren't capable uh, of doing that. But I agree with what you say, Pete. I think a straight pass rush by Notre Dame is going to have quite a bit of difficulty with this pass blocking uh, unit because I think not only are they cohesive, I like the way they function together. But they're, I think they're more athletic than Notre Dame's big offensive line, which, I, you know, I mean, Notre Dame's offensive line is bigger and stronger. But as pass protectors, Clemson's pretty good at because they're a little bit more agile, a little bit lighter on their feet. Teeks Becker, how does Clemson's rushing attack compare to Georgia's from last year? Notre Dame was able to contain Swift and company very well, at least compared to pregame analysis. And they perform similarly to Clemson, or is the buck linebacker position too much of a liability? I, I think it's a different situation because you had you had Jake Fromm throwing the football as opposed to this guy that can throw it out of the stadium. You know, I mean, I mean the difference between Uelangaleli and 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 Fromm. I mean, they can they can stretch the field as far as they would like, and Georgia couldn't do that with Fromm. You know what I'm saying? You know where I'm coming from on this? Yeah, it's a. I mean, it's a different set of matchups. It's also like you know, Notre Dame's linebackers are not is I think accomplished across the board as they were last year either. Like at the time we did not know how good Jeremiah Wusukormo was. I'm not sure that we knew that Asmar Bilal was going to have a really good fifth year either. Um, I'm not sure that we knew Drew White was going to have a good year. So it's, you kind of have to, I think, remember where you were mentally in that space as you evaluate it. But um, that, that offense I thought was much easier for Notre Dame to bottle up than this one. Um, also from a coaching standpoint, that offensive trainer got fired. Tony Elliott is a Broyles award winner. So there's, I just, there's too many differences to, I think, to compare them. Yeah. Part of it last year was that, um, Notre Dame's linebackers were terrible going to that game. It's not what we didn't think they were going to be good. It's that they were absolutely miserable after the Louisville and New Mexico games, New Mexico ran all over Notre Dame. The whole podcast, the whole week was that five Georgia running backs are going to bulldoze Notre Dame to the tune of 37 points. And I don't think anyone thinks that about Clemson's running game, but it's because Notre Dame, we have more faith in Notre Dame's defense, as Pete pointed out. But they were awful the first two games of run defense, the Irish last year. That's why that went off the rails with how far off we were in a prediction of what Georgia's yeah. running game would do. You know, you know, and I know Swift is a, a really fast running back, but Travis Etienne is a, I mean, that's a, that's a level of running back. That yeah, is it, that is in a, in a league with very few people comparable to him. So He's a Hall of Famer. <laughs> He's a college football he is a Hall of college Famer. Football. That's, a, that's a great way of putting it. He's a college football Hall of Famer. And why yeah. the heck is he still playing yeah. for that? What that's what I want to know. Here? How did it happen? How did he come back? It's, can, you imagine like Clem, can you imagine Clemson fans' reaction? You know, f- certainly figuring that ETN's going to leave, and he's like, yeah. Yeah. he's coming back? Are you that's, kidding me? He's coming back. Kaiser Wilhelm, rank the following in terms of importance. One, contain ETN. Two, push, push, <laughs> <Uyanga> Lele. 
out of his comfort zone. Three, improved Notre Dame wide receiver play. Four, improved, improved passing play from Ian Book. And then Kyle Hamilton being Kyle Hamilton once again. Uh, man, I think you'd have to start with contain ETN. Um, that would be number one. Two, I would put improve Ian Book. Three, Hamilton. Four, Uyunga Lale. And then five, improved receiver play, because I just think that's not happening. Yeah, I agree. One and five are easy. Um, and five is so far away from four. In my list of things, it's not even worth it. Uh the one I have faith in is Kyle Hamilton being Kyle Hamilton. Yeah, I don't know how to rate that with the other ones because it's a it's an outlier from the way the other ones are. But I tell you what, Kyle Hamilton being Kyle Hamilton helps contain ETN and pushes Uyunglele out of his comfort zone. <laughs> so Kyle Hamilton's is pretty important. Uh, but improved passing play from Ian Book, I, you can't rate it lower than two, right? You can't. Well, I'm not sure. I, I that's what I was going to argue yeah, that I have a one. hard time. Uh, you know, and and what what does contain mean with ETN? I mean, he averages. 148 point something yards total offense per game. If That'd you get, if you, if you gave me a right, if you, I'd right, take if it. you get, right, if you give me 150, you'll take that. I have a hard time not putting improved play by Ian Book first because Brian Kelly mentioned it today. What are they working on this week? They're working on, they're giving a little bit more attention to third down with Ian Book because they're, they're, I, I, you know, I think the difference between, we can talk about Clemson's defense and Notre Dame's defense. But the difference with, with their linebackers is when they blitz, they get home, or at least they get home more often than Notre Dame's do. Um, so that's a huge concern. And what that does then is take his vision away from the middle of the field because he's six foot one. He doesn't see the middle of the field real well anyway. So I think I'd pick book first, then ETN. I think the improved wide receiver play clearly is number five. And I don't know how to rate Kyle Hamilton because he better be great. That <laughs> He's a great player. They need him to be great. I think it's all extremely important except for the improved wide receiver play. That is just, if you know what? If Ben Skoranek or Javon McKinley plays like they did in either of the last two games, I will take that from Notre Dame and they'll win. I hear you. Maybe I Ben Skoranek from against Pittsburgh. Notre Dame wins. <laughs> I pro- absolutely promise you Notre Dame wins the game. <laughs> I, I agree <laughs> with that, Tim. I agree. Jim underscore Booney CRS. What makes you think this game won't go the way of 2019 Michigan? Wow. I just wow, like, never, never, Holy never considered, never considered that. Well, it won't be raining. It won't, you won't be playing a team with a, you won't be playing a team with its back up against the wall that had to win. I mean, Clemson feels like they have to win every week, I guess, because they're Clemson because there's because they're 76 and five in their last 81 games. What? 76 and five. You think that Jeb Sweeney brings that up when people question like how yes. big the game is? <laughs> right. Do you, do you think you think a win over Notre Dame will be a measuring stick for your program? A no, because they're only ranked fourth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, did you know this is the highest ranked matchup in the history of the Athletic Coast Conference? Yes. Yeah, and that's something. That's it's something. the latest in the year that they've ever had two undefeated teams. Yeah. Of course, it started a little bit later in the season. Yeah. But, uh, Too bad Notre Dame wasn't you... the ACC in 93. Yeah. <laughs> would have been number one. Yeah. Well, B, well B, unfortunately, BC was also in the ACC. Yeah. Womp, womp. That would have been bad. <laughs> or were they in the Big East? No, they could have also been in the ACC, I'm saying. They could have oh, yeah. Right over yeah. Did yeah. You, I, never, I have not considered that this could be like 2019 Michigan. 
if this is like 2019 Michigan instant analysis post game with me at home is going to have some alcohol involved in. So be wow. Yeah. Just go, just, <laughs> just go ahead. Hey, go ahead and have your drink in your hand. Just let everybody know. Because Here's how I feel. Because <laughs> everybody watching it will already, there'll be, there'll be many drinks into their right evening in. by that point. Who JND fan, even with Clemson's freshman quarterback, did Tommy Reese and Brian Kelly need to employ the football version of Mike Bray's burn offense to defeat Clemson? It's This question is part of the reason why I asked Brian Kelly what I asked him today at our press conference. Yes. Yeah. The answer is yes. I would take the air out of the ball and shorten the game. Not be well, one, Notre Dame does not have explosive playmakers on the outside at all. So they're not they're not in position to score in the 30s. Uh, but then two, even though it's not Trevor Lawrence, I feel like there's going to be some funky, unique pressure on Clemson's offense when they're like, whoa, whoa, <laughs> it's almost halftime. We've had three possessions. Um, yeah. And I think that could get them out of a little bit of a rhythm. Just it would make them uncomfortable. Yeah. If you could get 10 possessions in this game for both teams, that's, that's fine. Yeah. I think it, this it's is hard a- to get, it's hard to do the Louisville and get seven or eight, but if you can get 10, I right. think that plays in Notre Dame's favor. And I think it's, a, it's a game of keep away for Notre Dame if you can do it. And, and I think – I don't think you can do it to the extent that you did against, you know, Georgia Tech and, and Louisville. Yeah, they have Pittsburgh. something to do with it, yeah. But I, but I think that you can, and I, it's why I like the under in this game. Ryan GBR32, if you are drafting players from the 44 offensive and defensive starters in this game, how many Notre Dame players go – in the top 10 draft. Of course, he's asking or what, what's being said is these are the only players in the draft, Clemson and Notre Dame. How many go in the top 10 for Notre Dame? I mean, four do for sure, without having to think about it. I would have Kyle Hamilton in the draft. I mean, you know, ETN goes first. I'd have Kyle Hamilton and Jeremiah Usu-Koromoa. And near the end, I would get Eichenberg and Banks out of a 10-player draft. And then the other six would go to Clemson. Hmm. Um, I mean, I would have Hamilton and Usu-Koromoa and I think I would have Eichenberg, but I would not have Banks. I mean, Clemson has too many good five-star freshmen that I would want to snap up. But for. it's this game. It's just this game. Ah, man, even then. Um, yeah, if we're talking about the next four years, I wouldn't mind some five-star freshman defensive ends if that's what I yeah. can grab. Yeah, because uh, Miles Murphy is going to be really, really good. He's already pretty darn good. Uh, you know, I think it's a it's a really interesting question. Uh, Amari Rogers fits in that. Yeah, he's in that was top ten. I hadn't really thought about Aaron Banks, but when you compare to to their offensive linemen, I mean, Jackson Carmen probably goes in there if Eichenberg with Eichenberg. Yeah, yeah. he's in there too. Uh, there's 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 three for Clemson, and then I mean, the quarterback I'd take Uyungale Uyungale. Yeah, I would. It would be my at least my ninth or tenth guy. I guess I didn't yeah. figure out all of my my. Uh, my top 10 here, but uh, I just didn't need to think of guys after those four Notre Dame players for the top 10. It, yeah. And, and, and here's the thing. If, if we're looking at this two years ago, it's a, right. <laughs> all right. those guys that I mentioned that, that are either hurt or have left Clemson in the last year or two. I mean, they're two, they're two big wideouts, their corner, you know, Clemson would completely dominate that top 10. Whereas maybe it's six to four this yeah, time I, around. The important thing for uh, Saturday night is who are the next 10, probably, because that'll help decide the yeah, game. Yeah, I think it's you a good point. These guys will be good. These six, these six and four will be good. Yeah. Um, who else can can show up and be good, right? Whose loud ding was that? It was mine. I can't turn that thing off. Good Lord. Yes. All right, hit it, Tim. 
TJ from PA 70 in bigger games against tough defenses. Ian book is more active on the ground with design runs and quicker to bail out on pass plays where there isn't a good read. You agree with this observation? Yes. And how might Ian book as a runner play into Notre Dame's chances to be Clemson? I think they want to run him. I think you have to, I think he's done a really, really good job in the last four games. Remember the first couple of games were like, he's not, you don't have anything designed for him and he's not running Well, he's running now. He's picking his spots and he's extremely effective doing it. I think this is going to be the single most difficult defense Nordane plays for Ian Book to have those escape routes. I agree. Um, yeah, I think that if he has 10 to 12 like actual carries in the game, like I would be fine with that. Most weeks I think that would be bad, but um, this week I'd it's just like scratch and claw your way to the end. Um, you know, contrary to popular belief, I do think you have to pour everything into this game and not worry about Boston college. Um, so I would, I would run book as much as you have to. And there will, he's, they can't get, they can't get away from this yeah. game without it because much as we might like Notre Dame against the Clemson defense, missing three guys up the middle, it is going to be frustrating to watch Ian book drop back, look around and not see anybody. And then take Thank up. Think how many times in the last four games that Ian Book has took off on third and long and, and converted. Yeah. So you're Brent Venables. You are going to take that away and you're going to make him throw to Javon McKinley and Ben Skronik and, you know, anybody else. This is a great question because we should answer it backwards. The faster Ian Book gets the ball out of his hands on most plays, the much better for Notre Dame's passing game. I don't, he's, I don't think he's making a lot of plays running around the screen. Right. Kyron Williams, I'm, I'm, I'm dipping into a lot of stuff that I wrote in my um, tail of the tape about Clemson. Kyron Williams has to have a great pass blocking game. He really does, or whatever running back is back there. Bobby V21, Sean Crawford seems to get beaten on a double move every week, only to see the quarterback unable to complete the pass. Clemson won't miss, and Notre Dame can't win an explosive play matchup. Will we see Clark Lee depend more on Kyle Hamilton's length and coverage at the expense of his playmaking ability at the line of scrimmage. And if need be, let Crawford play closer to the line of scrimmage. Sean Crawford just can't get beat on double moves. Does that, does you got to use Kyle Hamilton the same way they're using Kyle Hamilton. That's exactly it. Yeah. Tell Sean Crawford not to get beat on a double move. Don't get beat. You're a 10th year senior. Which he did again last week. Right. And I also, I, I would push back on the Clemson won't miss. You know, if Trevor Lawrence was playing, then I would say, yeah, like you're dead when that happens. But I don't think Uyunga Lale is that accurate or that able to like see that, you know, make that stuff happen. Um, I think the way Crawford missed, the, the, the misses were so ridiculous is what he's probably saying. Remember, he was open by like nine, Louisville was open by nine yards. And, right. uh, and Georgia Tech was. Yeah. Yards, but, yeah. Did you see some of the stats on Uyunga uh, Lale's? passing uh to his left i don't know if it's just coincidence. we only have one game body yeah, one game. i have his chart here i can pull it up real fast while you guys discuss things amongst yourselves yeah, but I mean, was, I, I, he's a right-handed quarterback so i would assume that throwing to his left is not very good no i'm not rolling to his left just throwing to his oh, left. oh no I, yeah that's what i'm saying like because book's not good throwing to his left either well why would that be if you're yeah, it may just might be numbers, like you're better at one than the other. Yeah, and it may just be one game as a as a very small yeah. cross-section. Maybe you happen worth, to be I mean, more on the right hash more than the left, so yeah. you're going to throw my right more than – who knows? If your feet are set, why aren't you throwing more accurately? I, I'm not sure I understand that or what, what's there. Tim, you have that stat? 
that pulled up I'm now. Not, but yeah, Book was terrible on that. Oh, well, oh I'm not talking about him. We know what Trevor we know Lawrence what. is really good at throwing to his left. If you guys are wondering, how about that left? Yeah, right, even right, rolling to imagine. his left, throwing yeah, across yeah. his body. <laughs> Club Fred 90 question for uh, TJP during the Priester era 38 years. Is this one of the most anticipated regular season games? How does the anticipation and build up for this game compare to Miami 88, Florida state 93 USC 2005. Why don't you guys address the ones that are pertinent to you? Uh, one I've only covered one of them. Right. Um, okay. I get like somebody asked me this on Twitter and I, I ranked this one a clear four of those clear fourth of those four. I agree. A clear four and not 3B in any way. A clear number four. That's a good call, Pete. Number one is Miami. It's not even close. The ridiculous amount of hatred and distaste. <laughs> and it's a, I mean, I know Notre Dame is only a four-point underdog as opposed to six or seven against Florida State. But uh, Anticipation, I guess. I'm sorry. Anticipation would be Florida State. A win, the Miami win was the bigger one. And then anticipation for USC might have been number two, right? I mean – yeah, it's pretty big. Right. I, 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 champion, man. Yeah, I, I, I don't. In all the year, in all the years, the biggest buildup was definitely Florida State '93. The buildup, yeah, I read that as the game. You're right. I mean, in terms of media access, and a lot of this is media access driven because we don't get the media access in a pandemic. The buildup for this is way, way less. Now, I can go back to the. I mean, this. I was. I wasn't working yet. I was a high school senior for the Green Jersey game against. USC in 77, but the buildup for that was huge. The buildup for 73 at home when Notre Dame won 23 to 14 against USC was huge. But Florida State was number one. Miami was 1A, right? Miami well, USC's right there too. I, yeah, Miami, Miami might not be the, quite as big of a buildup. It's just once the moment that game, within an hour and a half of the game starting, it was by far the biggest thing that's ever happened in the last 40 years for Notre Dame. So I just get clouded on the. Well, why wouldn't the, why wasn't the buildup as big for eighty? I Miami? think because um, media at the time, like fans yeah. hate Miami, but you know, I, I just think the way. Now, listen, listen. If 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 Clemson would have beaten LSU and Joe Burrow, and they'd be on win number thirty nine in a row or whatever, you might be looking at something different. But the COVID and era, Trevor Lawrence was healthy, and Trevor Lawrence was healthy. Yeah, um, yeah, because right now they're viewed as one A, and Alabama's one B, and Ohio State's one C. Right? I mean, you're just looking at the yeah. country. I'm going to skip the next question, guys, and go on to C. Bogan, 1989. Clemson's DBs are good enough to cover Notre Dame's wide receivers. You think Notre Dame can exploit Clemson's linebackers and their tight ends and use the tight ends as an effective game plan to help the offensive offense produce against Clemson? I guess we already kind of gave an affirmative on this. We did, but I wanted to add that um, Clemson fans were worried about their linebackers pre-injuries covering running backs and tight ends. So... Mm -hmm. And they got. They, they have a much. They got much bigger issue than right now. Yeah. So Kyron Williams, I think, could uh, join your pick, um, Tim, with Tommy Tremble. I think we all agree Michael Mayer is the focal point for Brent Venables. If, he, if yeah. he's not, then I think Michael yeah. Mayer will. Because he wants to take. He's going to want to take away the easy access throws, and yeah. it doesn't get much easier access than to throw the ball to Michael Mayer. That's why I think Tommy Tremble could. You know, you can't. I mean, you can't defend everybody, and if right. you're going to bring pressure. I think Trumbull's a really, really good matchup against their their uh, linebacking core. Statman asks, how many points does Clemson need to score in a loss to Notre Dame in order for the loss not to be blamed on the absence of Trevor Lawrence? More than I'm going to give them in my prediction, I guess. It's a great question. That's an awful, <laughs> sad commentary on college football fans and the polls and voting and everything else. But, um, yeah, I, that's a good question. They're, uh, it's going to be blamed on that. 
Well, yeah, I mean, because it's going to happen. Like, oh, yeah. Trevor yeah. Lawrence is a touchdown, at least. Yes. So, I don't know. 31-30 means they wouldn't blame 20, it. 24. Yeah. I mean, it's, Trevor Lawrence has played in games, played in the 20s. So, yeah, the last like one was North Carolina. It's never happened. Yeah. Um, yeah. But if they're in the teens, then I think just the, like, you'd look at that and be like, oh, Clemson, what happened? Um, in the 20s, you'd be like, yeah, yeah, they probably played pretty well. I'm going to move on to Corey Radio. Any projections on where both teams will be viewed, both poll rating and general perception, given either outcome? I'm already mentally preparing for the, quote, Clemson had a ton of injuries and isn't, any, isn't good anyway line of argument if Notre Dame gets a W on Saturday. I would, I don't know. I'm all due respect to Corey radio, but like if you're spending time worrying about Notre Dame's perception after beating Clemson, like that's just not where I would be putting my but, mental energy right now. But you know, but you know, there's going to be a strong segment, certainly of fans and, and certainly of the media that's going to say, well, we'll see what happens in Charlotte on December 19th. I, that's natural. And but then I we will, that. which is great. Like we will see what because if they beat right, Clemson, exactly. we will see what happens in Charlotte on the nineteenth. So what like do you think? Be, so Clemson loses to Notre Dame in a regular game. Uh, Alabama one, Ohio State two, Notre Dame three, Clemson four, and or Georgia four because they'll beat Florida if if they win, um, and Clemson five. Yeah, I think that's about right. If Georgia loses, Clemson will stay four. Or I don't think Florida would rock it up there. I don't, yeah. And I don't think from Nordane's perspective that they should give a damn no. at how anything is perceived. Just win the game. It's the only – you can't control any of the other things. You can't control public opinion. You need to win a football game. If you win a football game, you are in a really, really good situation to get to the ACC championship and to get – to the playoffs, of course, you're going to have to navigate Boston College and North Carolina the next two weeks. Uyunga Galay, Tim, was 6-4-13, throwing left for 49 yards. No touchdowns, no picks, and a lot better throwing over the middle. Um, right, and there was a segment of the three the three quadrant, and I guess that's not quad, the three segments of the field to the left where he was worse than 6 for 13 I believe. But yeah, he was 5-7 short. That's why that went up. That's okay, so yeah. he was – do the math one for six right so yeah, I, I don't yeah i don't know if there's any uh if that's predictable on this one that you skipped what is the most likely thing notre dame wins by a little or a lot clemson wins by a little or a lot just say one of the four we don't have to rank them all the way down it's an interesting question i think it's either notre dame wins by a little or clemson wins by a lot yeah i'm with you i actually agree with you if it was trevor I'm, lawrence then they could win because uh, he could pull it out too I, I, I just, I'm not seeing Clemson winning by a lot right now, which may be a really foolish frame of mind to have. I just think it's book could play badly and then Clemson wins. Yeah, I got you. I got you. Last question. I realize we're a little bit rushed here, but we're a little bit rushed. Uh, Irish, Irish sick. What do you think of curb Herb street's comment? When was the last time Notre Dame won a game of this magnitude? Will the perception that Notre Dame and Brian Kelly can't win against football's elite change if they win on Saturday, it's kind of tied into what we were just talking about. It would, this would be, I think, far and away the best win of the Brian Kelly era. Um, and I do think it would change a little bit um, if they, if they win, it would be the same thing as if, if Jim Harbaugh had beaten Ohio state one time, it doesn't mean they're as good as Ohio state, but you would view like, Oh, you know, might, 
they might take they might take them this time. Um, right now, Notre Dame just has, doesn't have any credibility in these kinds of games as as a as a winner. Um, they've come close, but they got to get over the line in one before I think people start looking at them and say, "Oh yeah, no, I I, I think they could upset Ohio State in the playoff." Right now, you wouldn't you wouldn't say that. Yeah, I, I can't imagine. I mean, this is it's not only is it Brian Kelly's biggest win. You would not even remember what the other biggest win was compared to this one because if it's Oklahoma, well, you'd say it's that, way. You'd say it's way beyond Oklahoma. Yeah, it's so far beyond Oklahoma in that situation. They are they had already lost first of Oklahoma. But, like, I know they were number eight, but you know they were vulnerable. Yeah, yeah. Herb Street was very outspoken after Notre Dame got hammered by Michigan last year, and he had every right to feel that way. He's the lead analyst for ESPN, and I had you know there's no problem with him saying that. Uh, and, and, you know, there's going to be a segment that they're, I mean, they're just going to, everybody's going to say, well, they did it without Trevor Lawrence, but it, it would definitely be Nordane's biggest win. Clemson is 70, not, did I say this? 76 and five in their last 81 games. Are say you your kidding? Saturday stat. The Saturday yeah, stat they is won, more fun. They, <laughs> they won 50 in a row on Saturday. So you look at your calendar. Oh, damn, they're playing at Saturday again. You can only get up on Friday or the, or the championship. They've game. won 50 in a row on Saturday. It's unbelievable. We're going to finish up with predictions, guys. Uh, so at the beginning of the week, I was definitely leaning more towards Clemson. I, I felt, in fact, I felt very strongly on it. And so, so much so that um, because it's college game day, I was prepared. <laughs> go with the tiger head. Nice. <laughs> I mean, you guys have tiger heads in your house too, right? But as the, as the week has gone on. Uh, we have no video, so. Yeah. I think Jack does. I think Jack can pull it. <laughs> oh, there we go. There we I, go. I am. Uh, I'm ready to pull the trigger on Notre Dame 24-23. Um, I think that they'll be able to play the game in a phone booth like they need to play it. Because um, I, I, I think Notre Dame has very few paths to victory. To like use a political parlance of this week, but they've got one really good one, and the matchups are in their favor. And if they can stay on that path and very, be very disciplined about how they play the game. I, I think they, they can win. So Notre Dame 24 clubs in 23. I agree with Pete. My prediction really hasn't changed too much though, from the uh, beginning of the week, because I thought Notre Dame's defense would, would play well as soon as Trevor Lawrence was not involved in the game. I thought that does make a difference. I'm um, in 27, 23 Notre Dame. And I want fans to be ready for something. When Pete said the patience of running the ball and winning that way, that means Ian book might not take that many chances as much as you want. He might only take two or three and he's going to be pulling the ball down and not throwing interceptions and making sure they can win the game. Because if Ian book throws two picks. Uh-uh. Yeah. So don't he's tweet. In the the second quarter. Like you're saying, don't tweet in the second quarter. If you're a fan. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, well, don't and, get upset. They got to be patient. And as you know, that I'm never afraid to use the same score that somebody else predicts. And um, so that might be something to keep in mind, possibly. That might be something to keep in mind when I do make it official on Friday. But we got to wrap it up. That's it for Irish Illustrated Insider. Looking really, really looking forward to number four Notre Dame against number one Clemson this week. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for listening to the Irish Illustrated Insider Podcast. 
If you enjoy our coverage of Notre Dame football, please consider supporting the podcast with a small donation. Go to irishillustrated.com support. Your support will help Irish Illustrated continue to be the leader in coverage of Notre Dame athletics.